fire, Hank? Yes. Uh, you're on the air. What you picked out for a theme after we asked you to go through the library? That's right, Bob. Well, I don't think that's exactly what we want. It's, uh, it's an attention-getter. Well, that's all I thought. It's not too musical. Uh, it's, it's not a thing you hum. But uh, when well, you hear that, you know it's Bob and Ray broadcasting know, but what you. if you were just drifting off into a nap or something? That well, of course, uh, I wasn't concerned with that kind of a theme. Well, but we very often are, you know. Yeah. Starting. Well, man, is it correct for me to assume you don't want that again? I don't think that would be the thing. Do you, Ray? No, I don't, really. No. Okay. Well, thanks just the same. Uh, thanks to you, Wilbur Conley, young square to works for us. Now let's get on to today's show. Captain Cavalry of the 212th. On his way to see the great Suji Chinghua. Captain Camry, what do you mean to this mine? I think I see something on the ground. All right, Dakota. Troopers, this mount. Men, at ease. Off your horses. It's this arrowhead line here, Captain. Hmm. Looks like trouble. It's still quivering. Well, they told us all about quivering arrows at the point, Dakota. It might not mean anything. Now, begging the captain's pardon, Captain, but you know precious little about engines. That's a Sioux War era. Well, what makes you so sure, Dakota? Well, because the arrowhead is longer than the shaft. That means their backs are up. Well, nonsense, Dakota. The Sioux wouldn't dare attack this column. Yep. Two more party with them short arrows. Better deploy your men, Captain. I'm under orders not to fire, Dakota. Men, in your saddlebags, your rifles, put. You know, Captain, what they teach you about engines at the point, you could put in a full-up canteen. I've got a few tricks of my own, Dakota. Sergeant Stucker. Yes, sir, Captain. Sergeant, I want a corporal to pass among the column and dispose of any ammunition the troopers may have. That's a good trick, Captain. That'll stop the Sioux, I don't think. I don't see them throwing their bows and arrows away. Oh, here comes Schwinker, their chief. Easy, Dakota. Why does a horse warrior take bad sting of bee from the fire stick of his men? Because we come to speak peace, Chinqua, with the great chief of the Sioux. Also, we show we are not afraid by toning down fire sticks. Chinqua, understand. But does courageous horse soldier mind if my brave not throw away bow and arrow? We learn this trick from Chiracua. Only if Chinqua's braves will turn the other way so they do not face my troopers. Captain, I know engines. It ain't enough getting them to face the other way. They can always turn around, you know. Easy now, Dakota. Who is wise man who just spoke? Captain in charge of many people dressed in blue. He's Dakota Purvey, Chinqua. He knows much of your folklore. You and Dakota Purvey learn well, Captain of soldiers whose fire sticks have no pep. Braves, attack and do much damage. There, up again, mouth, out of saddlebags, rifles, full. Corporal, am 
the troopers pass. And ammunition. Hand off. I think it might be a good idea if you told them to cover tank two, Captain Cavalry. Got a match? Uh, yes. Hello, and welcome to Testimonial Time. Today we have with us two New York doctors who have proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that uh, doctors, besides proving things here and there, do you uh, have practices? Uh, we gave up being doctors as such. We found there was just too much time being spent making the ordinary health call. I see. And uh, are you happy with the decision you made? Well, uh, ten years, years ago, ago, there wasn't, wasn't too much, much to be proven. So uh, we had it rough for a while, but it wasn't too long before things picked up in the proving market, and it gave us a great opportunity. How many things have you proven between you? Oh, I'd say that we've proven about 700 medical facts, all told. And that's, that's not, not counting, counting the borderline stuff, proof we couldn't definitely substantiate. Well, you two must be kept pretty busy proving all those things. How come you were selected to do the job? Well, it's uh, mostly because we're New York doctors. There were two Cleveland doctors who applied for the job, but apparently their work didn't carry too much weight. It's like they didn't get stolen when they were in the and is the purpose of proving things do you find more lucrative than that of having just a general practice? Well, last week we got $6,000 for proving that some headaches are caused by the fact that many people have noisy blood. And you were never paid that highly as a general practitioner, is that right? Well, we weren't working together at the time, but when we got together and became two New York doctors, we compared incomes and found that we were not doing too well as one New York doctor's. Doctor. doctor. New York doctor. Or whatever. Or whatever. You see, when we, we were general practitioners, most of our time was taken up by useless, unnecessary, and low-paying house calls. Oh, occasionally we run into a nice, well-paying fracture, but those were the exceptions rather than the rule. And as two New York doctors, you don't even have to leave your office, do you? That's, That's correct. Right. We just mail out our proof and it's talked about on television. We've never, never even been seen or referred to. And very frequently, too. Matter of fact, last week you were referred to as two famous New York doctors. Did you know that? Well, we worked hard, and I think we're deserving of any praise that seems to bother us. Next week, something very nice is going to happen to us. What's that? Well, next week on television, television, we're going to be called Two Very Famous New York Doctors. Well, why is that uh, honor being bestowed upon you? Well, we've proven that there's no such thing as a nerve center in the back of your neck. And that if a person is jittery, because he's waiting for a headache strike. Well, I thought being nervous was caused by having undrained sinus cavity. Oh, no, nonsense. It's pure pap. We take our reputation as two New York Doctors on that. Have you proven it? In laboratory tests. Well, that's good enough for me, New York doctors. Now our listeners have heard a good deal about you two. May we know your names? George Henry Hollis Mentor. Two, two New, New York, York doctors. doctors. Here now is another member of our staff. Since this is kind of wrapping up the first week, we thought it would be a good day to 
Welcome from the Lackawanna, New York field station, Dean Archer Armstead, our agriculture expert, with a new feature, Dean, the weekend farmer. Is that right? That's right, Bob. I might point out that I think that in America, more people now are turning back to the earth, to Mother Nature, on the weekend, to get away from the humdrum of one black. Well, of course, there's a good deal of uh, sense to that, Dean, because uh, we do lead pretty uh, strenuous mental lives during the week, at least, and it's good to get a little bit of physical exercise in on the weekends when we can just kind of uh, forget thinking about things and work with the earth. Well, we've been working so hard up at the Lackawanna Field Station to come up with what we think is a surefire method of winning so many people of the little crab web. Uh, the dean has just mentioned that at the field station, they're working on problems uh, concerning crabgrass. I don't think the secretary could get the crumbly party. I think the people understand perfectly well what I'm saying. What was that? I think, I think people understand perfectly well what I'm saying. Perfectly well what you're saying, yes. And the body of crumbly What? No deed of crumbly all right, now about the crabgrass uh, and the weekend farmer, what uh, are the first steps that he might take uh, in ridding himself of this pest? Well, Bob, he's on you too. I'm very sleepy. Bob? I'm awake and he's tired. Uh, I must say this, that there are, of course, two or three methods of ridding your line of crabgrass. One is the more difficult method by which you would have to move, remove it by hand as it comes up in the ground. Move it by hand as it grows out of the ground, yes, that's one. And the other method is the chemical method. Well, I see that our time is just about up for farm news this weekend. At least uh, you've got your feet wet, Dean. And uh, we'll look for you on the succeeding weekends when we hope you'll have uh, more news for the weekend farmer. Until that time. So long, everybody. Green comes. Did you say uh, you're going to call in Baloo today? Yeah, Wally Baloo is out, uh, friends, in the famous Bob and Ray traffic airplane. He's flying all over uh, just to see what the traffic situation is. We don't know what part of America he's in right now, so come in, please. Wally Baloo. Wally Baloo from the Bob and Ray traffic land. A survey of uh, traffic for the upcoming weekend. And I might say... I appreciate the opportunity you're giving me to broadcast from your plane. Wally, uh, we don't know how often we'll be able to uh, call you in. Wally, did you just do a spin or something there? Uh, my pilot did. Uh, George. Yeah. Well, uh, Wally, uh, what is the traffic Whoa. picture? What's that? I say, what is the traffic picture? Uh... Wait a minute, Ray, until I just kind of get my bearings here. Right on. I drop my pa I drop my papers. Oh, oh, oh. oh, George, I wish you'd keep it on an even keel while we're broadcasting. Uh, Wally, I know you're having difficulties there, but there are people listening who want to know what the traffic situation is, so if you could forget your own discomfort, possibly, and tell us exactly what's happening on the highways, we'd appreciate it. Well, at the moment, I'm uh, in the vicinity of the uh, Holland Tunnel, and the traffic uh, has normal on a uh, weekend, Friday, uh, beginning of the weekend. Um, uh, yeah, it's rather uh, uh, heavy, right? Yes, I'm listening, Wally. Huh? Wally? Yes? Engineer, I think there's a breakdown here. I, I can't hear it. Sure, don't do that again. I, I don't think I can hear the uh, the report from the airplane. 
Wally? Hello? Yes, I'm still here. Oh. I was just talking to my pilot, George. Yes. Uh, he has a very funny sense of humor. Uh, well, what can we look forward to in traffic? I mean, how far away or how far can you see from where you are? Uh, I can't see too far. It's fairly uh, hazy. Well, we are. Well, we are. This is Radio's Wally Ballou returning it to Bob and Ray in New York. Wally Ballou in the famous Bob and Ray traffic plane flying somewhere over America this week in New York, I guess. And I'll try to uh, make a better... Have an engineer, please. We don't want any more. Engineer, please. Great. Yes. Now then, let's see. Do we have anything else to do before we sign off for the week? Well, just about... uh, Time to say goodbye, I think. Not much more than today and for this week. We want to do it. our first week, you know. Just think of it. And we want to thank everybody, too. Uh, Vic Cowan and Kirby Ayers, Tom Sheedy, our engineer, Joe Capibo, our sound man, and Wilbur Conley, the young squirt who works for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, until the next time, this is Ray Goulding reminding you all to write if you get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your tongue.